Wow. Well, we are having a bit of a family reunion here in the house, and we're also really glad to be with you in your house today or wherever you're joining us from around the world. So I'm going to ask you to please be seated here in the auditorium. So good to have the live praise and worship as well. Really wonderful. And as Belinda uh, was saying a moment ago, tonight is water baptisms. We haven't baptized in a year. And so we're going to have some wonderful uh, testimonies tonight. And I'd love to encourage you to come out to encourage the people who are making their public profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And it is going to be really, really exciting. Today, I, I want to introduce a uh, a brand new series, and uh, I'm tired of dissing everything. <laughs> I'm just so tired. I tried to stop that series two or three times, but it just someone would come up to me and say something that was dissuasive or something. I don't know. But I'm ready to begin. Something's been in my heart for weeks and weeks and weeks. I want to I start this new series today, and I want to teach us over these next several weeks the power of open. In other words, what I want to talk about is the power of opening things. Uh, you know, obviously Christmas is coming and we're going to be opening a lot of things. But this isn't that. This was in my mind long before I was thinking about Christmas. When we open something, it's amazing with that opening, the options and the opportunities and the possibilities that come into our lives. I was just talking to one of my favorite people in the whole world who was just telling me he's getting ready to open a new business. It's just amazing when we open, the power of open. And so let me show you what I mean. Now this, uh, I always love opening a box from Apple. And this is uh, uh, AirPods. Now Apple, so I just want to demonstrate what, I, what I'm trying to talk about. Apple is a company worth two Point seven trillion dollars, dude. But I've always, they, 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 man, to open something from Apple is like, that's half the fun. You buy it and then you get to open it. So these are some uh, uh, AirPods. And I bought these because I got the original ones some years ago. And the, the, you know, they don't hold the battery very long now. So this is the next generation. And so I, I bought these and, and uh, uh, here, here, here's the, Here's the thing, all the ingenuity, plus those trillions, all the ingenuity, all the originality, all the creativity, all the technology that is inside this box is about to become a part of my life with the power of open. When I open it, oh, I just, it's a nice fit. You know, it's just nice. And uh, now I, I, you can tell I already opened it because normally the cellophane and all that. But here they are. These are AirPods and these are really cool. You know, you, you put them in and, and uh, I, I don't know the billions and billions of dollars in those two little pieces. Of, you know, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they make it. I don't know how I could come online here. I mean, get on my phone. I don't know how I'm not using wires. And here I am listening to an old band. I love this old band called Still Suburbia. It's just cool. And all of this now 
all the, the possibilities, the options, the opportunities. I can, I can listen to, I can praise and worship. I can walk now for hours and not have my, you know, my, my uh, earbuds or earphones go, go flat on me. Audio books. Uh, it's almost limitless because I opened. I opened what was in the box. Honestly, if this sits on my desk, all the billions of dollars... All the possibility is not mine. It's mine when I open it. Now, let me give you another illustration. And so this is uh, kind of back in 1994. Carol and I had been in Australia since 87. And man, we had just moved houses. We were just renting. And every six months, the rent would go up or, or they'd sell the house. I think we moved like seven times in eight years with three kids, mostly on a Saturday. And then Sunday was church, and we couldn't find anything, any clothes, because they were all still... Anyway, Carol and I thought, Lord, it would be so wonderful if we could just buy a place, any place, some little place, whatever. We'd just like to buy something so that we don't have to move. And so we went down to the ANZ Bank in 1994, I think it was, and we opened a savings account, and they gave me a little book. We opened... I hadn't, to, um, maybe I should be embarrassed to tell you, I'd never opened a savings account before. I'd never, I never had done this before. So we opened a savings account to buy a house. Over the next year, I began to see the power of opening that account. Our lives were about to change for the better by the power of opening something. Our world was going to get bigger by the power of open. Opening that account allowed us to build a new home in Glenmore Park. Let me give you another example. So in September of 1974, I rode my motorcycle over to Carol Shublum's house carrying an unopened box. It was in my pocket. And uh, inside that box was a future, a dream, a possibility, an adventure, and I dare say my very heart. But she had to decide whether or not she would open it. There was a lot in there. But she had to decide. And when she used the power of open, her world changed. Her location changed. Her situation changed. Her name changed. She became my wife, my consort, my companion, my confidant, my courtesan, my counselor, and my cohort in crime for about 45 years. But she had to open the box. She had to muster the courage, the nerve, 
the pluck, the daring, the bravery, because the power of open, should she use it, was about to change her life. If she had just let it sit there or hand it back or say no, well, none of this would have happened. And that last row back there probably wouldn't have happened either. <laughs> the power of open, it takes vitality, it takes energy. It takes tenacity. It takes industry. Jesus said it like this. In Matthew chapter 7, and verse 8. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. The door will be opened to you. The door will be opened to you. He said, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You cannot be a lazy Christian and lay hold of the promises and the purposes of God for your life. I pray 2020 has not made you sleepy or sluggish or slothful. I pray that you have not allowed this lockdown year to lull you into some kind of a lethargic Christianity. It's time. It's time to shake it off. Now, come on. It is time to shake this off. Off. It's time to shake this off. It's time to rise. It's time to shine. It's time to run the race that God has set before us. It's time to start dreaming about the next thousand days. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 13, the lazy man says, there is a lion in the road, a fierce lion is in the street. There's a lion, lion out there. We can't go out there. There's danger out there. Let's stay inside. There's a lion out there. There's a devourer out there. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl of popcorn and it wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. You cannot be a lazy man and lay hold of the destiny of God for your life. I want to Read a counter scripture to Proverbs chapter 26, verse 13. And this would have been Pastor Messer's favorite subject to preach on. And all the years that as a young Christian, we sat under Pastor Messer's ministry. I think he preached from this passage more than any other passage. It's Joel chapter 3 and verse 9. And it says, wake up the mighty men. Wake them up. Wake up the mighty men. Let them come up. Let us press on and press in and lay hold of all that God has for us in the coming days. 
In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12, the Apostle Paul said, I press on that I may lay hold of. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I am pressing on and I am leaning in that I may lay hold of. You just got to open some things to lay hold of some things. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, he said, fight. Fight. If you're a pacifist, the peace is for your soul. It's for your soul. But the fight is on. Don't get, don't get this mixed up. That doesn't mean you don't fight. It just means you have peace. It means you're not struggling inside. But you fight an enemy. You fight everything that wants to destroy what's dear and precious to you and beautiful to you. Because there is an enemy. And he's real. And there is a lion in the streets. Fight. Fight. If I could do anything for you as your pastor, I would equip you to fight every day. And win. And win. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal Life, lay hold of it, lay hold of it, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You know, when I opened this box, I laid hold, I laid hold of the potential, the power, the possibilities of this product. My life was going to go to a better place with this product. When I, every time I opened this little ledger to make a deposit, I was laying hold of the power of compound interest and its ability to buy a home for my family. And when Carol opened this box, she was laying hold of me, for better or worse, and all that would come from giving and living her life with me. Over these next several weeks, I want to show you the power of open. I want to show you six things that you can open to live the kind of life that Jesus came to give you. And we're going to talk about them week by week. The kind of life that Jesus came to give you. We read in John 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I have come for this purpose, for this reason. He's come to destroy the works of the devil. He's come to seek and to save the lost. We can find the agenda of Jesus throughout the scriptures. And this is one of the key main major agendas of Jesus. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And the word that is used here in the Greek for life is the word zoe. Zoe. He does not talk about biological life. This isn't what he's come to give. That's already given. That came through when God spoke creation and DNA and, and sperms and eggs and, and men and women and babies and wombs. No, he's not come to give. That's already been given. So this isn't what he's talking about here. He said, I have come to give you Zoe. Zoe. And the definition of that Greek word is the absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical which belongs to God. Yeah. 
I have come to give you zoe. I have come to give you life, absolute fullness of life like God has life. I've come to make you alive like God is alive. Oh, my goodness. And then he said this, and I've come to give it to you more abundantly. That's the Greek word parisos. Parisos. I've come to give you zoe, life like God has it, and I've come to give it to you parisos. The Greek word has this meaning, parisos. And I quote from Thayer's, for all of you Bible scholars, which is just so nice to have online. I don't even own one anymore, but I own my computer. Hallelujah. Thayer says this. This is the meaning of, uh, of the word, uh, uh, word um, uh, parisos. Exceeding some number. I've come that you might have zoe and that you might have it parisos. Exceeding some number or measure or rank or need. Over and above, more than is necessary. Like, can you, can you see the picture here? Pouring, like, like the cup that's overflowing. This is, what, this is what the word means. This is the word Jesus uses. Over and above, more than is necessary. I continue. Super added, exceeding, abundantly, supremely, more than all, superior, extraordinary, surpassing, uncommon, somebody, come on, help me. Jesus said, I have come that you might have zoe parasis. Parisos, zoe parisos. Now, I call that mega life. I call that not just life, not just good life, not just great life, but like, whoa, mega life. He came to give it, but that don't mean you got it. He came to give it, but, but, but that don't mean you got it, even though it's given. But I want to show you six things that you can open to get it. We'll start next week. (laughs) But today, I want us to see the absolute most important thing that anyone can ever open. Nothing. Nothing matters more than this. Nothing will alter your life or change your future or determine your destiny like this will. When you open this, you begin the journey that opens everything else. Here's what you must open first. And nothing else matters until you do. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, if anyone does that, if anyone does that, if you will do that, this is what I will do. If, you will, if, you, if anyone does that, then this is what will happen. I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. If you will open this door, Jesus says, this is what I will do. I will come into you and I will dine with you. I really like the passion translation of this verse. Behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. If your heart 
is open. To hear my voice. And you open the door within. I will come in to you and feast with you. And you will feast with me. When you open the door and let Jesus in to your heart and your life, it changes everything. He's knocking and he's calling. Knocking and can you hear the knock and can you hear his voice? Can you hear his knock and can you hear his voice? Jesus is knocking and he's calling. Jack. Jack Haynes. Jack, it's Jesus. Jack, can you hear me? Will you open the door to me? Can I come in? If you will open the door, I will come in and I will sup with you. If you will open the door, we will have friendship and fellowship and relationship. And in that relationship, we will feast. And I will sup with you all your life until you sup with me at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I heard him. I heard. I heard him knock. I heard his voice. I heard him knock on the door of my heart in 1962 on 8th Street and Avenue C at Valley Baptist Church in Yuma, Arizona as I was standing outside the door of a Sunday school class. He told me he wanted me to preach and that I would go to the nations of the world. I opened the door and I asked him to come in to my heart. The power of open that day established the purpose and the priority and the path that I would walk for the rest of my life. It's funny, you know, in the Bible, God is the one who opens things. You know, he opens his mouth in Genesis. He opens his mouth and all creation happens. In Psalm 105 and verse 41, he opens the rock and water comes out. And throughout the Bible, it would be a whole nother series. It would take weeks to talk about it. But he opened graves and he opened eyes and he opened ears and he opened wombs. He opened a donkey's mouth to speak to Balaam. He opened clouds and brought rain. He opened the earth and it swallowed up Korah and Dathan Abram. He opened the Red Sea for his people to exit Egypt. And he opened Jordan for his people to enter the promised land. And in Psalm 145 and verse 16, he opens his hand and he satisfies the desire of every living thing. He opened iron gates. He opened prison doors. 
In Acts 5, he opened the door of the prison that all the apostles were in, and they went right straight to the temple. In Acts 12, he opened the door of the prison where Peter was. He just opened, and he just walked out in the middle of the night. In Acts 26, he opened the doors of all the prisoners there in Philippi, as Paul and Silas sang at midnight. And Paul talked how the Lord opened doors of opportunity and doors of ministry for him. But in Revelation chapter 3 and in verse 20 is the one time that God asks you to open a door for him. Have you done that? Have you opened the door of your heart and your life to Jesus? He stands there knocking. Are you going to live your life with him outside, outdoors? Are you going to open the door and say to him, Jesus, Come into my life. Come into my heart. The power of open. One day, at the end of the age, God is going to open a book. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 12, John the Revelator said this, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And then we read in chapter 21 and verse 27, Nothing evil will be allowed to enter into that heavenly city. Nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry or dishonesty. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm going to stand there. I'm going to be what John saw, one of those people standing there. I will stand there. And God will open that book. And when I stand before him, he'll open that book to see when I open that door. He will invite me into his house as I invited him into my house. Have you opened the door to Jesus, the Savior of the world. Would you do that today? Would you hear him knocking as I speak, as I preach, as I declare? Jesus is not, I know he is knocking at the door of hearts in this very moment. If you will open that door, if you will invite Jesus in to your heart, he will come in and he will begin with you. Friendship, fellowship, relationship. For the few moments of this life,
and for the eternity of eternities. I'm going to ask every head to bow, even there in your house. If you want to, if you would like to, maybe you could bow with us here in the auditorium. And I'm going to ask this question. Would you open your heart? Would you open the door of your heart today and let Jesus in? He's knocking and he's calling. He's calling your name and he's asking you, would you open the door? Would you let me into your life? Would you let me into your heart? And if you would, then I will lead you right now in a prayer. In a prayer that brings this whole power of open into a strong, strong reality. I'm going to pray that prayer, but I'd like to know, would you open the door? Even here in the auditorium, if you would open that door today to Jesus, if you would say, Jesus, I open the door of my heart and I invite you to come in, would you slip your hand up so I can see it? Because I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. As I'm looking around the auditorium, thank you, thank you, thank you. There are some today, yes, that are, that are, that are going to open this door. And what about right now at home or maybe on a podcast that you're listening to? Maybe you're on a walk or maybe you're driving or in your car at this very moment. I'm asking you, would you open your heart and invite Jesus to come in? If you would, pray this prayer with me right now. I'll lead you in it. You just repeat it in your heart as I pray it. Here's the prayer. Dear Jesus, I hear you knocking on my heart. I hear you speaking my name right now. I open the door and I say, hello, Jesus. I'm sorry I've left you standing out there. Would you please come in? Would you please make yourself at home in my heart and in my life? Could we begin today a friendship, a fellowship, and a relationship that will last forever? Amen.